Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This show is brought to you by SeatGeek, the perfect place to buy and sell tickets. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix, and we've got a good one for you here today. Baron Davis, the former NBA star, former UCLA star, he is going to join the podcast live from Los Angeles. Got a big documentary coming out, a lot to get to with Baron Davis. Stick around for that next, the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. Yahoo Sports presents the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. Powered by digital media. Find your voice. And now, your host, Chris Mannix. Welcome back. The Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix here with a former UCLA Bruin, NBA All-Star, and now documentarian, Baron Davis. Does that sound good to you, documentarian? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I, gotta, I guess I got to graduate to that. Yeah. I want to get into the, the documentary itself, but what made you want to do this specific documentary about the Drew League, this the semi-pro, pro-am kind of games out here? Well, I think, you know, one, um, the Drew is close to my heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the main reason was I wanted to show people that I can make a movie, mm-hmm. you know, I can make a film. And I was like, why not? do a documentary, mm-hmm. a basketball documentary about L.A. and just the love of basketball that the city of L.A. has. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that backed me into the Drew because the Drew is and has always been the little engine that could, mm-hmm. you know, and now it can and it is. And so for those families to see it grow to where it is, you know, it was worth it. it. It was people that I knew, people that I was close to. And my advice, you know, getting into the film business was, you know, find stories that make sense and that are close to you. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because you're full of surprises 
these days. I mean, you're as an NBA writer, I don't think anything caught my eye more shockingly than reading that you were going to go play in the D League to try to resume your career. I'm I'm fascinated. What was behind that decision? Um, you know, for me, I've been playing one on one and two on two a lot, mm-hmm. and a lot of full court and mm-hmm. running suicides. And I was like, hey, man, if I'm going to be doing all this, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I can't be this hard being on the team. I mm-hmm. need to be playing. And it's just really I was feeling good and I wanted to kind of reinvent myself and start from the bottom, figure that out first and not kind of be a prima donna or anything like that and try and call teams and demand like, a mm-hmm. team, you know, anything. You know, I just wanted to go play basketball, see how I felt, see how my body felt and how much I enjoyed it. And it was a great experience playing in the D league. I thought that, you know, it it was, it came at the right time for Mm -hmm. me and I needed to be on the team and, Mm -hmm. you know, practice wasn't as hard as it was playing them two on twos and three on three. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's just like, I start getting that feel and that love back and learning a lot about, where I am as far as, you know, four years after my injury and what I can and can't do and what I will be able to do. And it was exciting. You know, it was fun. Did you feel like you left something on the table when your NBA career ended? Because I was in New York. I live there now. And I saw the injury mm-hmm. when you went down. And that's as tough an injury as you're going to see a player have his career sort of end on. Did you feel like there was something still in the tank for you? No, I just I thought it was over when it happened. Before it happened, I was like, you know what? Like, I could actually, like, take a year off, let my body heal, and then, like, come back the next year and be rejuvenated. Mm -hmm. So I was already thinking about, you know, taking a year off and, you know, coming back, like, the next, like, taking a whole complete year off, coming back the next year and playing Mm -hmm. and feeling better. And then when that happened, I was just like, man, it's over. Cootie Gratis it. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be. So I just started, like, recreation, and that became serious, and now I'm in the D-League, you know? It's like, it's are, you, uh, are you in the D-League still? I mean, is this something that you think will continue next year, beyond? Uh, I hope not. Uh, but hope to be back in the NBA. Yeah, hope to you. be back in the NBA, yeah. I think I got out of the D-League what I need to get out of the D-League, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, if I have to go back and play again, and, you know, I'm I'm not opposed to that, but... You know, I, I definitely know how much work I need to put in this summer in order for that not to happen. So. What kind of feedback did you get? Because I would imagine that's what you're looking for, too, is is to hear from, you know, hear what NBA teams think of what you have and what you can offer. I mean, I, I think first and foremost, people were like, yo, that's commendable that you actually show that you wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And that's all I really cared about at that point. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, you get the occasional text messages from, you know, former teammates like, yo, you dunk, like, get out of here, <laughs> fool. Like, you know, like your first play, dunk, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So that was encouraging, too, you mm-hmm. know, because that was like, oh, man, like feeling like pro basketball player. Mm-hmm. And every game I got better, uh, strained my calf, and that set me back like 10 days. So I missed like three or four games. Mm-hmm. But I came back and finished the last three. But, I, you know, I just think that two-week span was probably, like, an opportunity that I could have took those four games and, like, really, like, continued to step it up. Mm-hmm. Just missed that window. Having gone against NBA competition for so many years, did you feel like after that experience that you 
can contribute somewhere next season. For sure. And, yeah. For sure. Did it reignite any of the, the old fire that you had For in sure. you? For sure. Because I can play. There's some freedom. There's no expectations. And so I never really played from that position. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always expectations. There's always, like, you have to be the leader. You have to, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be great to come in and, like, have no expectations mm-hmm. and just make it sheer on, you know, playing the game and if you're good or not. Mm-hmm. You have a documentary on the Drew League, but you could almost write a book on your career just on how the NBA kind of evolved during your career. Because thinking about it before I came in here, you know, the NBA kind of had an identity crisis in your early years. It was mm-hmm. the end of Michael. It's who's going to take over. Mm-hmm. What's the league going to look like? They changed rules how many times, right. whether it's three-point shooting, yeah, the hand, ball. hand yeah, checking. Hand check. How difficult was it those early years to – or what did you see from the NBA as it evolved in those early years? You know, I definitely think it's gotten better with time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I came in with a lot of the old owners. So it was a lot of, I would say, a lot of soap operas. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a big soap opera drama going on. And it was, like, discouraging because it was like everybody for themselves type mm-hmm. of thing. And now I think that, you know, as the league evolved, you watch, you know, the league take care of the players better you saw the teams like take care of the players better travel better things Mm -hmm. like that and now it's just you know everything is kind of like high-end data you know they spend an extra dime just Mm -hmm. to make sure that their players are good and well taken care of and their systems in place Mm -hmm. i think that when i was coming in it was a lot of teams and owners trying to figure out what basketball was and what the nba still was Mm -hmm. even though it was a huge popular sport, thanks in large part to Mike. Sure. And then, you know, it was, it was a league that has so many stars, but it just didn't, you know, you didn't have the social media or you didn't have, it wasn't enough coverage to kind of spread the wealth around. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no league pass or anything like that. And, you know, and I think that it went through a stage where it was just highly competitive. Like, you know, it was highly competitive and, and you watch kobe go from you know robin to batman Mm -hmm. you know or batman to batman with Shaq, and then you know on his own and you know the spurs with their run and detroit everybody you know it was just so many good teams that it was crazy and everybody did have a star and had a star player so you know now you're seeing more stars migrate to the same team Mm -hmm. and it's just different levels of play when Back in the day, it was you know it was a lot of consistency. Baron, hang with me for just a minute here because I want to talk about my new favorite suit, and that's my Indochino suit. If you want to be unique, look good, feel good, listen, this deal, I've got it for you. Get a one-of-a-kind, made-to-measure suit from Indochino. Indochino is reinventing men's fashion, and a made-to-measure suit is the best suit you'll ever own, so suit up. Customize the details you want, pick your lining, lapels, personal monogram, and much more. 14 unique measurements go into making a suit that fits you perfectly well. You can't go wrong with the well-crafted 100% merino wool suit. Also, check out their made-to-measure dress shirts and men's accessories. Made-to-measure suits are now affordable and available to the masses thanks to Indochino. I have one. It looks great. It feels great. It's one of a kind, and it's all mine. It's way better than a generic off-the-rack suit. When you look good, you feel good, and you'll feel confident. And by the way, there's a money-back guarantee. So here's the deal. 
my listeners get any premium suit for just $399. That's up to 50% off at Indochino.com when entering Mannix at checkout. Plus shipping, absolutely free. There's no reason not to try your first custom-made suit with a deal this good, and a suit classic from their premium collection will look good, feel good, and last. That's Indochino.com, promo code Mannix, for any premium suit for just $399 and the free shipping. Indochino, your look, your way. You're listening to The Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. You played for probably two of the most polarizing owners out there <laughs> in George Shin first and then Donald Sterling yeah. right after. I assume that's what you're referring to in the soap opera. Yeah, for uh, sure. Reference. For sure. And uh, the owner before the new owners with the Warriors. Chris, Chris Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't exactly have A-list ownership there, Baron. That wasn't uh, no. that wasn't the Peter Holtz of the, the NBA <laughs> <No>. that you were <laughs> you no. were working I for. I always say I was, you know, at some point or another I became the sacrificial lamb. So yeah. it was good though. It was a good experience because for me as a young person and for a young person who was like strong willed and you know really like on his own and like doing it the way I wanted to do it, mm-hmm. I got to learn a lot. Mm. Where do you think you were the sacrificial lamb first? In New Orleans at the end there? In L.A. at the end there? Yeah, I think in New Orleans when we made a playoff run Mm -hmm. and we didn't really have a direction in where we wanted to go. And, you know, it was just almost like we make one or two moves. We could position ourselves to Mm -hmm. be something, you know. And we didn't. And I think that was like Byron Scott's first year. Yep. So we didn't really have the talent to compete. And it was just like I was an all-star the year before. McGlure was an all-star the year before. Mm-hmm. Like David West was a promising rookie. Yeah, I forgot so David West was on that why team. Why wouldn't we? You know what I mean? <laughs> why wouldn't we? Yeah. How were your interactions with Donald Sterling in those years? Did you have any? Were they positive, negative? Pretty much all negative. Really? Yeah. In what way? Oh, man, it's just for a bigger and a longer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a podcast, dude. It's for my book, to yeah. be honest, if I ever wrote a book. Do you have one story you can share about man, your experience there? Man, is they have people, I mean, all you have to do is go back and, like, read the articles. Right. Go back and read the articles. Go back and, like, read all the articles and, like, do some research about the, about it, and you'll see. Mm-hmm. I ain't say nothing. I never, I never said anything because I knew that you know, I said my piece and I said what I had to say because I wasn't going to let them quiet me down. So right. I did speak my mind. But that was a battle that I knew that not to fight because they were already at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And when you're at the bottom like that with an owner who don't care, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You don't care about nobody. You pretty much buried yourself in a hole. Yeah. So it's like you got to just do your time and wait till you can actually leave. And it was crazy, like, when that started happening, like, the luck start turning around for the yeah. Clippers. You get DeAndre, you get Blake. Hey, man, you got like you got something that you can build around, mm-hmm. you know? You really should write a book because yeah. all the, I mean, not just with on-the-court changes, but, you know, the dress code yeah. with the way the NBA tried to, you know, change the image of the league. What do you remember back then about what the league was trying to do to you guys and how you felt about it? I mean, it was just a, you know, a battle of, keeping the NBA corporate and a corporate look and a corporate image and guys, this, the next generation or whatever 
we were considered the millennials of that time. Mm -hmm. We wanted to express ourselves. Our, our dress code was different. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't want to wear suits. You know, we weren't really accustomed to like wearing suits all the time. You mm -hmm. know, people rock jerseys and paid hip hop. I think um, hip hop and sports was really starting to align with themselves. And that became kind of like the new way of the culture shifting and mm -hmm. the culture moving. And so to see that, it was just a battle of, you know, how do we maintain our class? Because mm -hmm. Michael Jordan was just classy every time you saw yeah. him. You know, all those guys were in suits. Like, how do we, how do we change or how do we evolve with this new time? Mm -hmm. You know, players are coming in with tattoos and dreadlocks and afros. And mm -hmm. They all kind of look different. And I think that the world and the culture was changing for that bigger stars were hip-hop artists than mm -hmm. necessarily rock and roll mm -hmm. and you know at the time and so you know and then the whole Allen Iverson thing and people starting to see that this kid from you know the hood or from the ghetto wasn't that's what he was most comfortable doing mm -hmm. you know and he became kind of like the quote-unquote villain which you know he paved the way for a lot of guys to like mm -hmm. be like have tattoos and even have swag and all the things that I loved Alan at the Hall of Fame announcement, still rocking the same gear, oversized jeans, yeah. gold chains, like nothing changes. He is who he is. And that's so true. I mean he's just true to who he is and mm -hmm. that's what you got when he played and when you played against him, he was getting his truth. He once paid you, I think, the ultimate compliment there, said that you were the toughest guy to defend that he had gone up against back in the early first four or five years, I think, of your career. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the stuff you live for. That's what I live for. Somebody like Allen Iverson to say that about me mm -hmm. or, you know, any one of my peers to say something about me and my game, that's, that's kind of like what I live for, you know. And so, you know, it's just like it humbles you and, like, you know, it, it makes you excited like mm -hmm. a kid. Like, what, Alan? What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? All right. Okay. I'm with that. Hey, Baron, hang on for just a second because I've got to tell our audience about Wix. Every great business out there needs a stunning website. And with Wix.com, you can do it all by yourself. Wix.com makes it easy to look amazing online, no matter what type of business that you're in. Show off your image in a beautiful gallery, grow your contact list, and get all your social media in one place just the way you want it. Your customers are going to love it. So what are you waiting for? Show the world what you can do. Go to Wix.com and create your stunning website today. It's easy, and most importantly, it's free. You're listening to The Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. Did you feel like in those early years that, maybe even the first six, seven years, that the NBA was trying to figure itself out? That it was not just, I mean... The hand-checking rules all changed. Well, yeah, it was just, you know, the NBA has always done a great job of experimenting with rules and figuring things out. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're like really like the first sports corporation to really move and change with the times mm -hmm. and evolve and expand at the same time. So, you know, just got to tip your hat off to David Stern for seeing it and then, Adam Silver for taking it and incorporating a bunch of, you know, kind of like this new wave of corporation and technology. Mm -hmm. Your best and worst moments as an NBA player were what? Uh, 
I would say my best moment was, you know, getting drafted and playing in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, every playoff game, win or loss, it was just like crazy. That Golden State series? The Golden State series is probably like the craziest. That in Orlando, too, back in the day. Mm -hmm. What else? Then the worst was probably Donald Sterling. (laughs) Worse than the knee injury. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Why is that? I hate to keep probing at it, but when you say that was no, as just bad say as it was, it was, it was just, it wasn't like the knee injury. You just get injured like mm-hmm. that is like you have you know you mentally have to like that shit was uncalled for mm-hmm. you know like to have to go through that mm-hmm. and still like not you mm-hmm. know get the respect or people kind of like yeah 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 but don't say nothing mm-hmm. you know that Golden State team it was almost the the fledgling stages of small ball, of the kind of game that we see half the teams at least in the NBA play today. Did you guys feel, or do you feel maybe now, that you were kind of like pioneers in that sense? Like it was Don Nelson and and you guys playing unconventional lineups. I mean, when you look back at, at that year and how you played, what do you think? I think Don Nelson is one of the most forward-thinking coaches as far as offense and offensive strategy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, matchups are concerned and, you know, he knew that was the only way we were going to win and be competitive. And he was just really putting us all in the opportunity to realize our best talents. And I think that's what he was great at. And How'd you also, relate to Don? I mean, the, the old beer-drinking guy? Yeah, you with know, the- he's just kind of like your old uncle who always had a beer and a cigar. And, <laughs> you know, when he's talking to you, you probably want to listen to what he's saying because mm-hmm. he probably got something good to say. Mm-hmm. But, like, if he's yelling at you, you probably, like, be like, oh man, he drunk or he had a beer. <laughs> was it easy to buy into everything that he said? Because he tried a lot of unconventional things over the years. I mean, we did. We were, you know, that team. We were bought in. We were bought into each other, and uh, you know, it was more so like I think in that Dallas series, it was the most locked in I had ever seen from Coach Nelson. That was like the one time he was totally in and 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 locked in, and you know, he gave us all all of him, you know, as a coach. And I was like, I think that's what made that moment so special because that was like the first time that he was really like all the way checked in because he didn't even think that we were going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. that year. So That Dallas matchup was maybe the, one of the most remembered first-round yeah. matchups yeah, that was fun. in NBA history. Yeah. You know, you guys sort of identified how you go up against Dirk and, yeah. and treat him yeah. in a different way. You almost changed the way people defended yeah, Dirk. Yeah, for sure. And he's still cold. <laughs> Can you believe Dirk's still playing at yeah, a high level? Yep, yep. Because the game is like the game is suited for him, you know. Mm-hmm. The up and down, you know, he gonna get open and he gonna make shots. And Dirk know how to play. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Dirk got two or three more years left in him. Mm-hmm. You know, if he want to keep playing, it's him playing at at a high Dirk Nowitzki level. Is you know, obviously, over time that's gonna go down. But if managed right and, and used properly, like. He's going to be doing the same thing Tim Duncan doing. Mm-hmm. They just got to build the right team around him, you know, so you can really utilize his talents. So if your career ended tomorrow, if that was it for you in basketball, would you be okay with it? Uh, Yeah, I'd be all right. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if the NBA, if it didn't happen in training camp, would you go play in Europe to try to prove you could play, to try to keep your career? Because a guy like you could clearly play yeah, for a couple I, of years, it, make it, some money. It, it all depends on how I feel mm-hmm. if I like still want to keep playing and like I'm still going to play I'm going to play two on two three on three it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a matter of if I want to go play 
five on five and I can't get in the NBA and mm-hmm. I got to go overseas to play, I'll do that. But, you know, my shot is to, you know, go and play in the NBA and do that. And if that don't work, then I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to think about it no other <laughs> way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I, I haven't thought about the latter part. Baron, hang tight for just a minute because I want to talk to you and to my listeners about SeatGeek. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites, they make it complicated, and they all try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. SeatGeek has taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. They pull all the tickets available on other sites into one place, so you save time and you never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming events, and SeatGeek will let you know if ticket prices fall. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is ranked based on value, so you can find immediately underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike other ticket brokers, they show you the full ticket price from start to finish and never try to trick you with huge fees on the checkout page. My listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get that $20 rebate, download the free SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. Enter promo code MANIX. SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app. Enter promo code MANIX today. It's the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. This documentary, you know, what do you hope people take away from it? What do you hope they learn about the Drew League from it? Uh, one, that we love basketball here in L.A. Two, the Drew League is welcome to anybody that wants to come from mm-hmm. anywhere in the world, you know, as long as you love basketball and as long as you love being in a, a basketball family environment, you're welcome. Three, that it's a story about the hood, but it's something positive and it shows family structure and it shows it takes a community and a village to actually grow something and for something to be successful. I think that the next point would be that it's positive black content mm-hmm. and just a positive story about minorities and, you know, a city. It just it gives you a, a good snapshot of what we're going through in L.A. and, like, how basketball is a small remedy to that. How many Drew League players, if they had different paths, if they had been able to get to a good high school or good college, could have made that next step, that jump? A bunch of players. And it's a lot of guys that come through the Drew that wind up making it to yeah. the pros, you know, or come to the Drew and play while they're in college just so they can get that experience. And then the next thing you you know, you see them in the pros. Mm-hmm. So it's growing and it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's living out its purpose. And um, for me, it was just a joy to shine a light on that and to really just – be able for Showtime and, and people, my, my colleagues and peers and mm. people that I, I value their opinion for them to see it and hopefully enjoy it. When you told those friends and peers you were going to play in Delaware, how did they respond to you? Uh, That's where Delaware was. <laughs> like, uh, I'm from the Northeast and I'm not sure I could find Delaware actually on a map. It's so somewhere in there, Rhode Island kind of. Was it humbling to hop on a bus and travel wherever you're traveling to hotels yeah, for sure but it's like from where i come from everything is a luxury <laughs> you know what i mean like, <laughs> you know it, it can't get no worse than what i started so 
everything is an experience and even though you know i'm used to certain things you know in certain amenities mm. <laughs> uh and i spoiled myself since i got hurt it was definitely a, a eye-opening <laughs> experience what's but, the amenity about the nba that you miss the most uh just you know you well taken care of mm-hmm. travel well you know it's access to the gym you eat well you know it's just you're just taken care of. You're taken mm-hmm. care of, and you can. All you got to worry about is being the best basketball player. Mm-hmm. Was there a team that you played for that was better than others at providing that that atmosphere that you need to succeed? Uh, at different times, different teams, different coaches. It's, sometimes that depends on the coach. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that depends on the management and their vision. I think that you know, in today's kind of modern NBA, you see. You see a lot of like different philosophies, you know, and sometimes it comes from the coach, sometimes it comes from the president or the GM, Mm. and that's how it's always going to be, you know, pretty much. Or the owner, you know, if the owner's willing to spin, and you know, it's all kind of stuff. Didn't have many of them in your career that you played for, willing to. None of them were willing to spend (laughs) any money. Even in New York at the end, they seemed like they spent a little bit of money. Maybe not in the right way, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, New York, I mean, it was a good thing going. They had a good thing going, and I think a lot of times, like, when you're in New York, you have to be able to take a step back Mm -hmm. and not be in New York for a moment to realize that basketball is everything, but there's really not a lot of pressure because the fans, are they're going to cheer and they're going to come out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like... They just want to see you ball, and they want to, obviously they want to see you win. They want you to win. So it's not pressure, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? It's just more so systematic and, you know, how you kind of do that. Well, Baron, the Drew, April 29th on Showtime. It's terrific. I've seen the screener of it. Congratulations, and uh, thanks for doing this. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Man. All right. That's it for the Vertical Podcast. Remember, you can download this episode and more on Stitcher, TuneIn, really anywhere you can download podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you also check out the Vertical Podcast with Woj and the Vertical Podcast with J.J. Redick as well. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 